My mom thought I was doing witchcraft. I'm a 20-year-old female who lives in Texas with my amazing partner. I moved here almost eight months ago with him. Since I moved to Texas from New York, I have been without any kind of contact with my biological mother. A few years leading up to me moving, I was attending university when the pandemic started. In university, I met my amazing partner, and we've been together for over two years now. I absolutely adore him. Leading up to my moving, I told my mother absolutely nothing about my relationship, since I know she'd act like she was also in the relationship with me. This would include, but not limited to taking my phone from me mid-conversation and talking to them, never leaving us alone together, wanting to be a part of video calls, and incessantly wanting them to be over so she could talk to them more. She had previously done all these things while I was in a relationship, but before university. I thought this was normal since I was raised in a very conservative Christian household. I've since learned that's not the case. While I have been in no contact with my mother, I have recently reconnected with my biological father. It's been nice getting to know my father, as he has matured since I was a kid, and respects my boundaries. In a recent text exchange from my father, he brought it to my attention that my mother wanted to come with him when he visited, and she wanted to do this without telling me. My father told her that he would not allow her to come with him unless I allowed it, which I didn't. Now, according to my father, my My mother and grandmother are planning to come down to where I live because I've been practicing witchcraft and they need to save me. While I do now identify as pagan, their audacity baffles me. They believe they have a place in my home without my permission because they feel like I'm falling too far away from their God. I will not be answering the door for anyone I'm not expecting and I will be getting a camera doorbell. This has given me so much anxiety anytime I hear someone speaking in the hallway or even walk near our door. I know if she ever does show up, I will be calling the police and filing domestic abuse reports from previous times from when I lived with her. I have a plan, but that doesn't help my anxiety right now. It sounds like the mom in this story has been really toxic to her daughter for several years, if not her whole life. Being that demanding and that overbearing with your daughter and their relationships is just not okay. Not to mention trying to go down from New York all the way down to Texas just to try and have some kind of intervention over a differences in belief systems is crazy to me. Instead of respecting her daughter's decisions to believe something else, she feels it's her duty to try and save her. There are much better ways to try and reach out to someone if you're concerned, or if you think they're engaging in activities that are potentially hazardous to their health. But to interrupt their life with the veiled expectation that they're going to be there at your doorstep to confront you about your new said beliefs is really uncalled for. I really feel for the woman in this story, and I don't blame her for having the plan to call the police if this actually does happen. But the silver lining in this story is that at least the biological father had enough sense to warn the daughter ahead of time so she's not caught off guard by her mother and grandmother trying to come down and have some kind of intervention. Absolutely ridiculous. What do you think about this situation? Do you think the mother's overstepping her boundaries or do you think she's well within her right? Let us know in the comment section. My mom stalked me and tried to have me arrested for a crime I never committed. While I did press charges on my mother for stalking me and trying to frame me as a drug dealer, I didn't want to spend much time in court because that meant being near her. This happened five years ago, and it's something I've mostly tried to put behind me. To start off with, my dad actually didn't know that my crazy mother had taken a flight to my state to stalk me. She claimed to him that she was just gonna take a small vacation away from everyone for her own mental health, and never said where she was going, and my poor dad didn't know what she was about to do, or he would have warned me. My mother then spent several days secretly following me and my girlfriend 
around with her smartphone. She used the spare key we kept hidden inside of a fake rock to get into the house we were living in at the time. She then photographed everything she could, even more intimate things I'd rather not describe. Then, after she returned home, my dad said she looked really smug about something. He described it as the kind of look someone has when they think they've won. And she seemed unusually happy and giddy. That is, until the police came and arrested her on Christmas. Dad said she was bawling her eyes out and saying she didn't do anything wrong as she was being carted out by the cops. The evidence against her was clear. All the photos were found on her phone and my dad quickly realized what she'd done. The call my mother made to claim I was selling drugs that she made from her own smartphone was there as well. The call was recorded and was very much traced back to her phone quite easily. When my mother was confronted with the evidence, my dad said she started crying and begging and when she refused to get up from the table, the police had to move her. Dad said she just totally went limp and refused to cooperate. No one bailed her out of jail either. She had to use her own money to get herself out. Dad said she wanted to call me to beg. But I guess in a rare moment of clarity, she figured out there was no way in hell I'd bail her out after what she did. So she spent a while locked up before finally using her own money to get out. She didn't try to run. In fact, she firmly believed herself to be justified in what she'd done and felt like she could sway a judge to her point of view. Her lawyer advised she just plead guilty. So she fired him and said she'd represent herself. Well, that went about as well as you can imagine. She was in court faster than I thought, and my girlfriend and I had to fly over to testify against my mother, but I only stayed as long as they needed me. But while I was there, my mother seemed to stare at me almost constantly. The stares ranged from a creepy, pleading look to an absolute rage. When my mother took the stand, she gave a speech about why she believed she was right. I needed to be taught a lesson for refusing to come home, and for putting some other woman before her, because she should have been the only woman I'd ever need. She also tried to keep staring at me the entire time she was making this speech, but the judge repeatedly told her not to do that. I left before the sentencing. The judge believed my mother to be mentally unwell, but when he stated this, she went off on him, that she was completely sane. Of course, that just made her look more crazy. She said she was just a mother looking out for her son, and did what she had to do to teach me a lesson. My dad spoke up and said if she was really looking out for me, she wouldn't have tried to make her own son into her second husband, or frame me for stuff I didn't even do just for refusing her. That made her go off on him, and guards had to keep them apart. The judge was originally going to be more lenient on my mother, but decided she needed some real time behind bars and sentenced her to two years in prison with three years of probation. When she was sentenced, my mother went full toddler mode and had a tantrum of pounding her fists and crying like a baby. She had to be carried out of the courtroom because she refused to cooperate again. My dad described the next two years without her there as absolute bliss and made up his mind that he'd be ready to divorce her as soon as she was out. And I mean giving her the papers on the very day she came home. And that was the same day he left that house for good. He owns an Airstream trailer and parked it at a friend's house. From there, he spent months fighting my crazy mother in divorce. My dad eventually won and moved to my state with his trailer as soon as he could. Aside from a few rare phone calls from her, I've not associated with my mother again and neither has my dad. He spent some time just living as a retired man on the coast, but then decided to get a simple part-time job in a fish cannery because he was bored. He says it pays the bills, and he's made a lot of friends. He's happy, and I'm happy he's happy. I visit him on weekends when I can. My mother, though, I've not spoken a word to her in two years. Any number she used to call me with after court was blocked, and I am done with her. This story is absolutely crazy. This is unlike anything I think I've ever heard of. This guy's mom went out of her way, broke into his house, 
took pictures, tried to falsely accuse him of selling drugs, and then tries to justify his isolation and ostracizing of his girlfriend. It's absolutely insane. And the way this woman reacted when she was confronted with this evidence is the same way a child would react if you tell them they did something wrong. It seemed like there was no discussing anything with this woman. No rational thought or conversation could happen. And I don't blame the father or the son in this situation for choosing to step away and get away from this crazy person. The one silver lining is that at least the father as well as the son can have some semblance of a life away from this crazy lady. I don't know how I would react if I found out that a parent of mine that I had distanced myself from was stalking me had broken into my house, invading my personal private space, and took pictures of everything, all with the intent and purpose to try and throw me under the bus for a crime I'm not committing. Absolutely insanity. I honestly think the mother in this situation got off really easy. A few years in jail and a few years on probation, in my eyes, is not nearly enough. My mom tried to stop me from going on our family vacation by not even buying me a plane ticket. This happened the summer of when I was 14, so 2004. My mother was griping about wanting to go out of the city and do something fun. She wanted to go to the beach. My dad finally decided it was time to take a leave from work for a week and go to the beach. He wanted to drive, but mother wanted to fly. And she went ahead and bought plane tickets for the trip. When my dad finally got a look at the tickets, he noticed there wasn't one for me. My mother played it off and said, she must have lost it. Dad said he'd make a call to the airline if they couldn't find my ticket. That's when my mother started doing that thing Karens do when they just want you to blindly take their word on something fishy. So my dad grilled her until she admitted to only buying three tickets and she used his credit card to buy them. He was pretty livid and my mother started making excuses that I wasn't a little kid anymore and that I didn't need to go. My dad, having heard just about enough of this, called the airline and canceled the trip. Then told my mother that if she wanted to go so badly, the next time invite me or pay for the trip herself. My mother cried and called my dad financially controlling, but he turned that on her and said that she couldn't have a family vacation without me if she was using his money to pay for it. Then asked what her plan was when it was time to go. Was she just going to try to leave me home last minute or pretend to have lost the ticket at the airport? My mother didn't have an answer, so she just walked away and did her usual of getting drunk on the patio. Instead of flying to the beach, my dad packed us all in his car and we drove south to the nearest beach. I ended up having a great time. My sister did too, but my mother spent half the trip looking like she was sucking on a lemon because she didn't get her way. But that was fine with me because she avoided even speaking to me almost the entire time. What kind of mother in their right mind would not buy a plane ticket for one of their kids? That is absolutely insane to me. What kind of parent would do that? What kind of message does that send to your kid if you blatantly show that you don't want them around you, especially for a vacation of some kind? The mom in this story is unbelievably out of line and good on the dad for actually stepping up for his kid. I couldn't imagine that happening to me where one of my parents doesn't buy me a plane ticket for a vacation we're supposed to all have together. That would be soul crushing as a kid to know that my parent didn't like me and didn't want me to be around them. Listen, I get that kids can be obnoxious and teenagers can run loose, but as a parent, it's your job to try and raise them correctly and to love them no matter what. That doesn't mean accepting their bad behavior, but it does mean that when there's vacation, you try to include them. I've seen this 
this out of other parents. I've been very lucky that my parents were very supportive of me and my siblings, so none of us were ever excluded, even though some of my siblings, even myself, have made decisions in the past that are not ideal. But my parents love me anyways. So it's strange to me to see a parent just outright, blatantly, and openly show that they don't like their kid and that they don't want them around them. Leave a comment down below. Do you have a parent who acts like this, who goes out of their way to exclude you from activities or vacations or parties or whatever it may be? I caused the entire back stock room to fall into chaos simply by doing my job. I'm a young person working in a backroom position at a retail store. I've been working there for about a year now. My management when I started was excellent, and as a result, I am very well trained. I never got written up, am always on time, and I consistently do things well above my pay grade. I fill in for my supervisor in the back room and can run it by myself if need be. And I trained our newest supervisor in her position. If you're wondering, I didn't take the supervisor job because it required changing my shift time. I knew all the fine details and was a team trainer as well. Basically, I was a supervisor, but without the pay raise. My managers moved me to greener pastures, and their positions were filled by new management. The new management doesn't compare to the quality of the old management. Our store manager, I'll call her Karen, is the worst manager I've had the displeasure of working for. She loves workplace politics, acting like a snake, and micromanaging everything. When suggested solutions to problems, Karen would rather take a less effective route just to be the one in charge. When she messes up, instead of admitting it, Karen blames anyone but herself and makes it their responsibility to avoid looking dumb. Karen doesn't help when she's needed, rarely does her job, takes personal phone calls all day, and sits in her office on her computer. She's rude, inconsiderate, and incompetent. All in all, Karen is an awful boss. I tried to make peace with Karen at first, but we quickly started bumping heads, and our relationship is shaky at best. We're cordial with each other, but Karen wanted me to abandon 100% of my authority while still running the back, which couldn't happen because others came to me for direction a lot. We don't speak to each other when we don't have to. One day in the back, we finished our group activity. Simply put, I had to pee. So once we were done, I told my supervisor I needed a quick bathroom break and headed out to the bathroom. The second I began my business, I got called on the intercom by Karen to come to the back room. I finished up quickly and got into the stock room. I was gone about two to five minutes tops. When I walked in, Karen was immediately interrogating me on where I'd been and what I was doing. I told her I'd gone to the bathroom and she continued asking like the answer was going to be different. Eventually, Karen said this absolute gem to me, which she couldn't have known would change the course of our time at this company forever. Karen says, You need to use company time more wisely and do your job. Remember how I said I was basically the backup stock supervisor at this institution? My list of self-appointed management duties was actually pretty long. Training new people. Fixing damaged items, fixing packaging, training the supervisors, doing paperwork, delegating tasks, giving instructions to people, taking out the garbage, cleaning the stockroom. The list goes on and on. When Karen said this to me, something clicked. You see where this is going? I stopped all of it. All the managerial stuff went right out the window. Do my job? Okay, I'll do my job. Not your job, not her job, only mine. That's what you asked, right? Direct your own team. Do your own paperwork. Train your own supervisors. Because I'm just a lowly worker, right? Yep. 
My stockroom fell apart quickly. Suddenly, the entire room was in disarray. New people weren't trained. Faulty product was put out. My new supervisor had no idea what to do other than copy me. So none of the paperwork got done. The garbage stopped being taken out. People in the stockroom didn't have direction. The floors were dirty. It was a mess. And management couldn't say anything about it because those were management's duties and not my problem. I knew that Karen knew what I did, but all she could do was silently fume about it, suck it up and actually do her job. She got mad with me after this and tried giving me less shifts, but that didn't last. Management finally got involved with the stockroom. I've never been so satisfied with myself, all because Karen couldn't accept that I had to pee. I love this story for so many reasons, but mostly because it's a way of getting back at your boss simply by doing your job. And not the job that they expect you to do, but the one that you were actually hired to do. It's crazy to me that this person is not a manager or a supervisor of some kind with all the knowledge that they have, let alone that they haven't gotten a pay raise of some kind. I've worked for bosses like the Karen in this story, where when you do anything that's outside the ordinary, even if it's just using the bathroom during the day, they freak out. It's always tough, but this is such a beautiful example of just being maliciously compliant. Sometimes to get your point across about how valuable you are as an employee is just to let the whole place burn down personally, metaphorically speaking that is. Sometimes you just gotta sit back and watch the chaos ensue, and the person who wrote this story is exactly that. And while it's never easy working for a Karen like this, especially ones that don't take responsibility for their actions, just to avoid looking dumb, it's always a great feeling when you're able to get back at them and show them how incompetent they are at their job. My parents refuse to show their negative COVID test results. My parents are in their 60s, and my spouse and I are in our 30s. We live a state apart, about six hours drive. My spouse and I have a two-year-old, who is not yet eligible for a COVID vaccine. And we've been taking every precaution we can to keep her safe while also holding down our jobs. My parents are both vaccinated and boosted, but they take risks that we do not. Going out to eat at restaurants, recreational travel, not wearing masks in places that don't require it, etc. On their most recent visit, my mom had been hosting a professional workshop that involved some up-close, hands-on instruction and informed us at dinner that she decided to take her mask off as she was instructed instructing students since it was so hard to teach with it on. My parents were due to visit today and we asked them to go get a PCR test beforehand to make sure everyone was safe, especially our kid. They went to get tests on New Year's Eve, complaining to us all the while about what a pain it was to go to an urgent care center and sit for hours of potential exposure. They arrived at their hotel yesterday evening and in the process of opening discussion of plans for their visit, I texted them yesterday evening to ask if they could please send us copies of their test results. At 10 a.m. today, about 14 hours later, I received a long email from my mom effectively saying, no, we won't show you our test results. How dare you think we would make the trip here if we were sick? If you can't trust us to that extent, you shouldn't let us into your home anyway. Over the course of the next few hours, my wife and I both sent them digital copies of our recent COVID tests and emphasized that this was a pretty normal thing for people to be doing these days and that we would really like to see them. But we'd like to see the test results, please. No dice. My parents have never been so insulted. Can't believe that we don't trust them, etc. According to my parents, yes, they have negative results, but no, we can't see them. I had a phone conversation with them in which I told them that I love them, explained that we're trying to look out for the health of our child and hope they would reconsider. They claimed they would never make the drive if they knew this would be that much of a hassle. My mom cried. My dad was angry. In their own defense, they also brought up how risky it was for them to make the trip as 
older people. If they had negative results, it would take them 15 seconds to send us proof. I think I believe them. But their reaction makes me wonder more than I would have before. As far as I know, they're now driving six sad hours back home. No visit. No time with a grandkid. I feel terrible for making people I love feel terrible. I'm pretty sure I did so today. No visit. No time with a grandkid. There's so many red flags in this story. First and foremost, I think it's obvious to anybody watching this. If someone requires you to take a COVID test before you can be around their two-year-old child, you're going to take the test. There's no question there. There's no negotiating whether you like it or not. For the parent's own sensibility, you're going to listen to what they say. Why on earth would these parents not be willing to show their COVID test results? If they were negative, they would have easily just shown the test results via text or send it in an email email to prove that yes, we can be around you and spend time with you and your kid. But instead, they took the Karen route. They shifted the blame on the kid for even approaching them with the question of do you have COVID or not? And can I have proof that you don't have COVID? And made themselves into the victim. It's a gross manipulation tactic for someone who's clearly guilty and has something to hide. If I was in this situation and I'm the parent trying to visit my grandkid and I knew for a fact I had a negative COVID test, I would have sent those results immediately. Of course I want to be around my kid kid and the grandkid. That's the entire reason you make the six-hour drive. But clearly, in my opinion, these people had COVID. Their test results came back positive, and they knew their kid was not going to let them see their grandkid. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe for more content, and turn on notifications to never miss a video.